Yeah. So some of this is really the art of also attuning to your partner yes. and seeing like, do they look like they're having fun? Do they look like they're distressed right now? And if they are distressed, if they are really in a bad spot and you're sensing it because you know them, then get the hell out of there and have a conversation. Yeah. And Jenny. Hey Bryce. Hey, how's it going, Jen? And listeners, good. Yeah, today feels a little hard. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, it's been a slower day for me too. The weather is gloomy here in St. George, windy, rainy, mm-hmm. and I definitely feel low energy too. Mm-hmm. This is actually our third, fourth attempt. Yeah, I think our third. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we get started and then we're like, no, it doesn't feel good. So here we are in all our messiness, just showing up with you guys today yeah yeah it's I mean and hopefully everyone listening you know I think if anything if I was to say what what do I want to give all of you as listeners through this podcast that Bryce and I do together it's really about helping you see you know the whole and that's like the good and the bad and the exciting and the struggle and yeah today's felt like a, a struggle with the podcast and it also feels good to be here with all of you Yeah, we have the benefit of showing up usually on our best behavior for the podcast because that's usually the only way that they get turned out. But sometimes no, like right now. So maybe we can even bring some of that into the teaching, into the experience, the story of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So what we're going to talk about today is what you need to know about family dynamics when you're in a partnership. Yes. And this is especially important because we're rolling up on the holidays Thanksgiving and Christmas and so you're going to be around your family what I think happens with a lot of people is they come in to their family systems a single person does in a partnership and they get wrapped up into their mommy stuff and their daddy stuff and their sibling stuff and how parenting is working out and they lose that sense of teamwork Mm -hmm. and this can happen in friend groups as well as family groups so if you have you know parties during the holidays with old friends you know you can see this bubble up Anytime it's like one of you is going into what once was your home turf as a single person. Yeah, and it changes drastically uh, from when you're single to when you're in a partnership. And then over time you have kids, lots of things happen and people will play out the same patterns over and over without a change in mindset, without a, a change in the framing of how you look at going into these situations. And sometimes a little bit of planning will go a long way. Yes, I agree. So even just listening to this podcast, getting a few ideas and tricks, some of the things that we do could help you. Yeah, so welcome. We're really glad that you're here listening today. So let's start by talking about where people often kind of get this wrong. So you're a team initially, you're in a marriage, and you're one, and you do a lot of things together, but all of a sudden you step into the family household and sometimes couples tend to break apart and all of a sudden there's this jockeying for position where mom wants attention from husband or dad wants attention from husband and then maybe wife gets left alone to fend for herself or vice versa this could happen either way and then there's resentment that starts to build and then maybe drunk uncle says something and one person doesn't defend it and 
people's feelings get hurt, but no one talks about it. And then you're just in this huge melee of emotional anguish, but no one's really talking about it. And you leave the party or the event just feeling way disconnected and you argue all the way home about how you should have done this or they should have done that. So that's how I see it going quite a bit. And I've been in that situation myself. Yeah, so it can get pretty complex, all the different layers and all of the different people and situations that can kind of get in between the experience of the partnership. And so, you know, the purpose of talking about this today is to help all of you as listeners understand how do you maintain the integrity of a partnership and the strength of a partnership even amidst family and friends during the holidays. Exactly, because there is, no matter how much you love everyone else in your family, there is going to be some type of hierarchy here in how you tend to each person's feelings and emotions. And if you don't put your partner as number one and you start letting dad or sibling or the kids be number one, your partner is going to feel really left out. Yep. Yep, and this is so important the rest of the year as well. We're talking about the holidays because this is a time when so many groups get together. But it becomes so important to understand, you know, where what is my hierarchy in terms of who I attend to in my life? Because we only have so much time and energy. So we don't actually have time and energy to attend to everyone in our lives every day. And so checking in with, okay, why is it, why does it matter to me and to my partner that we're attending to each other. And it might be because when you attend to each other, you're able to be better parents, you're able to run the household more smoothly, um, you're able to both feel more secure in your relationship. So understanding the importance of that hierarchy really does make a difference. Yeah, and it's not good or bad here, and it's not that you don't love people in your family, but if you all of a sudden transition from treating spouse to number one to treating family members number one ultimately they're not the people that you're going to go home with and spend most of your time with so in my opinion i think jenny would agree to really be in a conscious partnership where there is a secure attachment you need to treat them as number one in every situation that you go into yeah and this can feel really really threatening for people who have been in bad situations and who've been in quote, bad relationships, relationships that just didn't feel good, relationships where you felt abused or taken advantage of, it can feel really threatening to think about this idea. Um, and so what I would say is kind of keep your keep an open mind here because we're not talking about ever putting yourself in harm's way or ever allowing yourself um, to get squashed down. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, we're really talking about building a relationship that is so nurturing and supportive of both people that you want to continue to support each other in every situation you're in together. Right. And that's important to note, Jen, that the caveat here is that, yeah, if you're in somewhat of an abusive relationship, that it might not actually feel good to do that. And you might already do that to the extreme and shut out everyone in your life. So we're not talking about those situations. We're talking about you're already in a stable partnership but things get tricky, you notice, and you, you run into these patterns over the holidays when you're around other family and you and your partner are getting into it on all the car rides home. The point is here to look at this. Yep. Yeah. Great. So we invite you in to just check it out. So one game plan that Jenny and I use often when we go into social situations, we even did this one the other day, right? Mm-hmm. Going to a friend's house. So I was kind of tired. Jenny really wanted me to go. I did want to go, but there was this feeling of I won't be able to last too long. 
So prior to going in, we made an agreement that we were going to be there an hour. Yep. And that genuinely felt good to both of us. So it didn't feel like I had to give up something that I wanted um, to, to an extreme or anything like that. It genuinely felt good for both of us, the agreement. Yeah. And this was a situation that worked really well because we get there, we're having conversation with a couple and their, their child is running around and we're having fun. And then all of a sudden, right at about an hour, I do get tired. It's nighttime and I didn't feel like I was the one that was going to bring up that I wanted to leave. I didn't really know these people yet. So Jen was the one who looked over at me and kind of quietly said, hey, do you still want to go at nine? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah. And it felt so comforting and so reassuring. And I felt so seen and safe and all the good things because she was holding to the agreement that we had agreed upon prior to going to these people's house. Yes. Yeah, and it was really nice to just know that ahead of time and, yeah, be able to check in with you. And, yeah, it felt, felt good that we had that agreement ahead of time. Yeah, and on the other side of this, had we not really had an agreement and I had showed up and we get to this point where I'm tired but I don't want to speak up and then I'm starting to hold a resentment and Jenny wants to stay and then we're in this silent kind of, resentment circle where maybe she's resenting me because I'm going quiet. I'm, I'm just seeing this could be one of our patterns. I would probably go quiet and just like kind of zone out and not really engage. And maybe you'd resent me. I'd resent you because we're not leaving, but we actually don't have an agreement. So we're just working off these expectations that were never set. Yes. And one thing that was really helpful for me in that situation, because we didn't leave right at nine, we probably left closer, I don't know, 10, even maybe 15 minutes after nine, because... It was getting close to nine and there was just a certain situation that that meant that I don't know I guess what was popping up is there was some flexibility there even though we did start the process of leaving even a little bit before nine I mentioned that we were gonna head out in a few minutes and then it ended up taking a little bit of time to navigate the goodbyes and it just felt good that you were really flexible with that Right, right. That's the nuance too, is that both people need to have some level of flexibility within the agreement. Because if I would have started getting really angry at nine o'clock because we didn't leave right at the minute, then it wouldn't go well either way. Mm -hmm. But because there was this little bit of flexibility um, that you felt for me and I felt from you. And granted, we could have checked in had I been like really activated and you were able to attune to me and read that when you asked me the question by looking at me in the eyes and really trying to sense what was going on with me we may have made a different choice yeah so some of this is really the art of also attuning to your partner yes and seeing like do they look like they're having fun do they look like they're distressed right now and if they are distressed if they are really in a bad spot and you're sensing it because you know them then get the hell out of there and have a conversation yeah Exactly. And if if you're the one that's going into your family dynamic, your family situation, your family home, you're the one who has to take the reins there. Yep. And that's really not always easy to do and so, so important. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I was just noticing like that really is not always very easy to do. And part of it is because we all have our dynamics that we play, right? And so one of my dynamics as an individual was I could just kind of linger and hang sometimes for a long time. Even once it was time for me to go, I could just kind of linger and hang. And that's a pattern that a lot of my family and my friends are probably very used to with me. So to be more clear and actually 
leave and move when I say I'm going to, like that's not something I as an individual did very often. Right. And is the, that seems maybe more common in females and me as a male, I'm the type that may, might not even show up to a family get together or I just leave quietly and I tend to bail when I get distressed and not linger. Yeah. So we have to work with both of our styles in these situations. When Jenny's more likely to linger, I'm more likely to just bail or not even show up. So we really got to come together. And if Jenny, I, Jenny, if Jenny and I can come together as polar opposite as we are, yeah. then really anyone can do it. It doesn't matter what your style is. Exactly. In my experience, being on the end of going into a family situation where it's not my family and I'm just really distressed, really uncomfortable, and I'm spending hours at someone's house and I don't know how to interact and I don't know how to talk about what I'm feeling and to have a partner there that doesn't know how to read me, isn't paying attention, is over there doing their own thing, it's extremely distressing and it really breaks down the safety because I'm like, man, they don't get me. Mm -hmm. I don't trust them anymore. I don't trust going in these situations. So you might be, be in that situation with your partner where you've had enough of these ruptures at family events where it just seems like it's the buildup and of the anxiety to even going into it is huge. Yep. And, you know, for some of you listening, you might be like, oh man, that stuff just doesn't happen to us. We go to a family party. We can both do our own thing. We feel really comfortable with each other's families. So, you know, your, your struggle, your area, so your struggle may not necessarily be exactly in the same way, but again, pay attention. Notice if there is a way that one or both of you feels not seen, especially if there's any kind of a pattern where you'll notice like, oh, yeah, over the last, actually, a lot of years, you know, it's hard for me to navigate this tradition this way, or it's been hard to, to do this. I just haven't voiced it. You know, just, again, pay attention if, if there is a way that this stuff is a struggle for you. Yeah, and I, I have a hard time believing that nothing will come up over the course of a holiday event with anyone, you know, within the partnership and then within the family. Like, things are going to come up. So it's good practice in working with any thirds. And when I say thirds, I mean anything outside the partnership to come into things as a team and stay a team throughout, create agreements, create breaks, create moments to attune to each other, to figure out where each other's at so that you can leave these situations feeling good and then re-enter them when it feels good again. Yes. Yep. I really, really like that. Yeah. And I think maybe the reason I was thinking about that and why I said that is because I don't feel as much anxiety in social situations in general. So it's a lot easier for me to be like, oh, great, you have a friend party or a family party or some, your parents come into town. I can feel like real relaxed about that. But I have noticed as Bryce has voiced some of his struggle, being a bit more avoidant by nature in terms of how he responds relationally, it's given me a chance to check in and really go, okay, where does it, where do things actually feel good for me and where do they not? And again, in the past that I just wouldn't have even thought about doing that for myself. I would have just said, when we go into social situations, we just make it work with the group. I wouldn't have really thought to say, what do I need in the social situation? And therefore, what does our, what does our partnership need in a social situation? Yeah, and so I'm the one, and I used to think that I was more of the problem because I was the one that would all of a sudden, all of a sudden, start feeling like, oh, I don't want to go anymore. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't want to stay too long. Oh, I don't really like that person. I didn't feel good about that last event, 
and all these excuses would start would start to roll out so part of my work has been really identifying specifically okay like yeah naturally i'm an introvert and i think i have probably a shorter capacity for connection than jenny does in these types of situations and then add in the fact that we might have our own stuff going on going into one of these parties and it is just crazy complex so the more clear you can be with your agreements with your time limits with your checking in with your needs with your needs because that's the other thing is i think i didn't really realize i had needs i just thought i didn't like this person i thought i didn't like parties it turns out i actually can really thrive in those situations if my needs are getting met and if i know what they are yep and that's what we really want to do we want to support our partner we want to support our partners thriving right so this isn't about me versus bryce and you know me feeling comfortable versus bryce feeling uncomfortable or vice versa because sometimes it is the other way especially now but it's about how do we how do we support both of us thriving in this and that's going to be different than if i were going to a party all by myself exactly so and that brings us back to the point of this whole episode which is the one thing that people do not understand about family dynamics and partnership is that there is a hierarchy and if you want partnership to be secure then that has to be number one when you go into these situations that sounds perfect yeah yeah that's just a perfect summary yeah and i'm feeling like i want to maybe keep this episode short and sweet me too so it's feel good to end there that feels really good okay high five yeah we high did five it. again we missed okay. <laughs> it was a day of a couple tries at least yeah Cool. So, all right. Well, we're going to keep these episodes rolling out and we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Thanks. See you guys. Bye.